Don't press the record button. But... Hmm. Okay, so here we go. This is uh, hello, everybody, once again, and welcome to another episode of the Heart Shaped Decisions podcast. Uh, this is Graham Frost here, and today I'm very pleased to welcome somebody that I haven't known for very long. In fact, we've spoken once before today. Um, I came across uh, Ash Williams on LinkedIn recently, which is where I come across so many interesting people. And I do recommend that you, you know, you look at people on LinkedIn and find out about them because there's so many interesting people out there. But um, I came across Ash because he runs a, a CIC, a community interest company called Raising Youth. And I thought, oh, that really resonates with me because I'm quite, I'm kind of quite um, in that ballpark myself. I like to help young people. So um, I contacted, uh, we got in contact with each other, we had a chat. A couple of weeks ago, and I'm very pleased to say that Ash has actually joined us on the podcast today. So, Ash, could you just give us a little bit about your background and um, what made you decide to start this CIC about yeah, raising youth? Um, shall we? Shall we go right back? So, uh, go back as far as you want to. <laughs> God, uh, so I'm a 19 year old. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so we're going to skip so many years back, probably not as many as you can go, Graham. <laughs> um, so let's go to primary school, I reckon. So, God, I guess my parents always knew that I wasn't, as people would say, normal. Um, yeah. But um, just because of how I used to be in nursery, um, or should I say, year old, you know, reception stage. Um, used to always go in, want to want to dress up, and just not really do yeah. things that, that are normal. Um, well, a, a child of that age would normally do. Um, so I guess we then get to to primary school, and that's when things really started kicking up a little bit. Um, right. I started to, to you know not feel sick uh, um, and, and not wanting to go. Um, and that was that was because of some some teasing, some bullying going on in primary school. Um, so I, I'd try and pull, pull the sickie and, and kick off when I was um, having to go into school. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where my mum would have to grab my ear holes and just pull me along um, all the way up the road to the, to the, to the wow. school. Um, so yeah, that you know, yeah, there's children out there that would you know, refuse to go. Um, but I think, you know, being pulled by your ear holes to the point that you're screaming is, is a little Yeah, bit no, that's, that's 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 beyond um, a joke, isn't it? That's not that's not yeah. that's not funny. Um so yeah that happened. So you know being emotionally uh teased and bullied in primary school. So then we get to, to secondary school and it gets worse. Um so that's when I start having physical bullying coming into place. Um, and, you know, it, it all kind of breaks loose when I go to this to the secondary school. Now, I'm not going to name it because it has yeah. improved. Um, I know it's improved because I'll be working with them uh, as a mentor shortly. Um, so, yeah, but I went there at the age of 13 um, from, from year seven. Um, I went on to study photography, science, mathematics, right. English, as you normally would, um, and a bit of art. You know, I, I've never really been a PE person, but I took that on as well. 
um, mm. but I was, I took on, you know, I had a chat with the teacher and all, all day, you know, I was able to just walk around the perimeter of the football field. I was happy yeah. with that. <laughs> just, you know, what well, I was doing a bit of physical exercise. That's, you know, they were happy. I was happy. At least I yes. was doing something. Mm. Um, and at the end of the day, all they want to do is try and engage you. But if, um, if you're not going to engage them, there's no way that, that they can, that they can mm. try and do it. Um, not to mention some of the disabilities that I had. So um, with all the with all the bullying going on and all the things that were happening in my life, I, I finally got tested for ASD, right. um, which took a while. <laughs> I must admit, it took, it took a couple of years to finally go through. Um, so I think, I, I believe I got that at age 15, um, where I finally got a diagnosis for autism. Yeah which explains what was going on ever since primary school. Mm. Um, doesn't explain the bullying, but that's just that was as a result of the disabilities and, and people not, you yeah. know, I'm not fitting in. Um, so, yeah, age 15, diagnosed with autism. Not something that, you know, that you really want to be diagnosed with. But for me, it's, I don't like to call them a disability anymore. I prefer to call them an, an extra ability. Mm. Uh, because you see life from a different point of view um so yeah that happens then with all of the bullying going on i i kind of slipped into a really negative um journey of well depression anxiety mm. um suicidal ideation suicidal temptation and even um very sadly suicidal temp attempts um, wow. as well as a bit of drug use as well. So I used to smoke marijuana and just as a way to, to try and improve how I was feeling. Um, that was that was more socially than anything, just to try yeah. and find a, find a group to fit into. Mm. Um, and I mean, it, 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 it worked, but looking back on it, it wasn't the best group to try and fit into. No. Um, but it, for me, that was... A goal. It was just to try and get into some type of group in, you know, at the time. Mm. Um, so yeah, it got to seventeen years old, diagnosed with ASD, diagnosed with depression, diagnosed with anxiety, um, diagnosed with insomnia. I had such bad trouble sleeping. Wow. Um, and then that led to a lot of suicide attempts, which then led to hospital admissions, twenty-four um, hour suicide watch. A lot of wow. pressure, stress, negativity on both my parents, mainly my mm. mum for looking after me. Um, and you know what? That really put a put a bad effect on my mum, to be honest with I you. I can imagine. Um, and you know what? I didn't see it at the time. Yeah. Looking back, I can yeah, yeah, I can definitely tell how much stress and negativity it put on her. Um, but yeah, for if anything, it's uh, a massive you know, well done and, and a thank you to her for, for pulling through and always staying with me. Yeah. At the time. Um, especially while coping with everything she was going on. Now, I'm not going to speak on her behalf because, I don't know, she did what, what was going on in her life to, mm. to go out. But there was a lot going on. Um, so take that on whilst having the extra things of, of going on in my life. It was, you know, so difficult for her, but she managed to walk through it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it kind of gets to that point where you know what else can go wrong in my life? 
Yeah, um, I can, well, I can imagine, yeah, getting to that. I mean, I know, you know, I mean, I, I'm thinking back to when I was sort of 17, 18, 19, I didn't know which way was up at all, you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I was completely still, I was still sort of searching for who I was very much yeah. at that age. Um, it's, it's kind of like people say you're in a tunnel when you've got to find the light. It's like, I am trying to find the light. Yeah. But you just sometimes, and I say this to everyone, yes, you know, you might be in a dark tunnel trying to find light, but sometimes you might have to dig for it. You've got to work for that light. Yeah. You've got to just push through. Um, yeah, you're absolutely right. Yeah, you've got to keep you've got to keep plugging away and working to yeah. find the light. I think that's uh, that is the light isn't just going to appear, is it? No. Um, and not to mention, um, you do have to kind of do the hard work. Um, it's got to get worse before it can get better. That's yes, thing, for sure. Um, I mean, not to mention the fact that I believe either 2010, I can't remember now, 2010 or 2011, my parents split up. Right. Um, I kind of I went away with my dad, um, and we we didn't really have a place to go to. It was my decision. I, I chose to go with him. Yeah. Um, so we were sleeping on families. You know, um, my my auntie had a spare caravan on the caravan park local to us. Right. Um, and I, so did our friend on another caravan park. So we was kind of switching between hopping between between homes, you know, sleeping on friend couches. So I guess in in some sense we were homeless, but we weren't. Um, wow. We were just trying to trying to find our way. Mm. Um, it was really it was detrimental to, to try and just live in that type of life. Yeah. Um, but then my <laughs> my mum kind of went. I've had enough of this uh, and kind of refused. I, you know, I still went back and saw my mum every few weeks. Yeah. And my mum kind of got to this point where one night, one, one weekend I was staying over at hers um, and she kind of said enough is enough and wouldn't let me go back to my dad. So right. um, ever since then, I've been living with my mother. Um, I think that, you know, it's a huge appreciation um, because if my mother didn't kind of say it's enough is enough and, and, let me go back to my dad's then I, I don't yeah. be where I'm at today um so yeah that's that's all 17 up up until I was 17 years old um well between 15 and 17 is yeah. when I had all of that negativity going on mm. um just between the ages no year seven so 13 to 17 that's a very long while actually now that I think yeah. about it Definitely. um so yes up to then half Halfway through 17 to 17 years and six months, not the exact amount, but an average amount. That's when I kind of managed to to switch uh, switch schools. Right. So I was finally able to to switch to a special school which deals with special educational needs and mental health. Yeah. Um, which was a, a fantastic leap. Um, mm. yeah. I don't think if if they existed, I would still be sitting on this chair. Um, wow. I would, yeah. Um, so I managed to go there. There, you know, the friendship between the students, the friendship and the relationship between students, the teachers, the governors, everything is so closely knit that you're basically a family at, at the school. Um, so it was fantastic for me to go there. I was able to to fit into the whole school because the school were, you know, in the same category as what I was. Yeah. Um, 
so I was able to fit in and I finally felt like I I could socialize now you know what I you, normally when you go into a school you kind of have this one group that you fit into and you walk over to and you go to every day yeah but with but with this school that I that I'd moved into you could walk anywhere and you can fit into any group that you wanted to there was groups but you could float around and you could go into which you know every single mm. one of them and and feel like you you meant to be in there so everyone was a friend everyone was kind of just a a, a big old family at this school so my my depression kind of started to slowly slip away my anxiety was still there a little bit for the first because obviously it's a new school it's yeah. a new, new place to go to but eventually that that slipped away from being an issue um and then so did autism because i was in a place that was <laughs> full of it so it kind of didn't seem like an issue for me right um but i was able to adapt to it over time and you know what i'm still finishing off adapting to it now that i'm out yeah. of that um it's it's always a learning every day is a learning curve um but i no longer had any issues with suicide i no longer had issues with that um so that was all fine and well and done yeah or at least i thought so okay <laughs> So, is it so <laughs> I, I finish year 11, I come out with my GCSEs, I think I got a D in math, a D in English, um, a D in biology. Yeah. Um, I was happy with that, considering the fact that I'd missed out on, I, I, I never went to secondary school before that switch, so I'd missed out on um, year 7 through to year 10. So yeah. that's what, four years worth of education. I'd missed out on four years worth of general secondary education, but still managed to come out with a grade D in the main course. That's not bad. That is. That That's is not bad at all. You did better than me. I went. I went. <laughs> I went to school right the way. You know, I never missed any school at all, and I got one GCSE. Wow. But that was because that was well. That was because I probably didn't apply myself. But it was also <laughs> because um, I didn't. Uh, there was no in my in my upbringing. In the like a religious cult, which was all that mattered was you know that you actually stuck to the rules of the cult. Yeah. Um, and my parents, for example, never said to me, um, "Have you done your homework?" You know, and I yeah. don't ever remember being told off for not doing something to do with school. Yeah. So there was no yeah. All I I would get told off if I missed a church meeting to do my homework. You know, if I said, "Can I stay at home tonight and not go to church?" Um, and do my homework, they said, no, you've got to come to church. Yeah. So the homework sometimes didn't get done. cult rules and we're happy. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. No, certainly. Um, I remember you telling me about this on our very first conversation. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of went away from that, and I, I, it was in my mind for quite a few hours, actually. It's really touching. Um, God, so yeah, I, I, back to it, I, I thought that, all of my depression, anxiety, and, and, and ASD had finally gone um, and not been an issue until I went to college. Right. <laughs> um, that's when everything came back. You know what? Okay. It's, um, the school that I was going to, they had this thing where every Friday we would go to college. Um, we'd, we'd get basically a taste a day of each of the different yeah. industries that you could go and, and do courses in. Um, so that was fine going to the taste days. Um, but then we went to college after year 11, you know, after, you know, my GCSEs had all mm. finished, um, September 2018, I believe it was. 
when I started college. Um, and it all just kind of flooded back, every single issue. Um, so the, the depression came back, the anxiety came mm. back, the, the suicidal ideation and, and attempts came back. Well, um, yeah, they, they weren't the best. Um, so, yeah. It was mm. it was definitely something that that wasn't a major issue going back into college, mm. um, and it was even worse because I thought they weren't going to come back. Right. So that that happens, um, but then I managed to come out of it again. I'm not sure if it was. I think it was just the fact that uh, I I'd, I'd sorted it the first time. I I was able to do it again. Yeah. Um. So I managed to come out of that again after well, after half a year. Um, but I lived out all the way out, really far away from the college. Yeah. Um, it was taking me around two hours. So I'd leave at 6.39 in the morning and get the bus um, for a lesson that would start around half eight. But I wouldn't get to college until nine o'clock. Right. So every lesson I was late for. Yeah. But most of my, most of my days, my lessons would only be one hour per day. So yeah. I was going there to do a two-hour journey to get there, an hour yeah. an hour of the class, and then another two hours to get home. So I was doing four times the hours of what I'd be going there for. Yeah. So I didn't see the point. Not, you know, I didn't see any point whatsoever. So I, I just kind of quit that. I, I stopped going. Mm. I, sent the, I sent the college an email. I said, I'm, I'm not doing this. Um, I, just, I just quit. I was doing health and social. For me, it, it wasn't actually... As good as I thought it was, I wasn't enjoying it. So I wasn't really too fussed about quitting. But for me, that, that four hours compared to a one hour class time, it just wasn't enough. It wasn't yeah, it wasn't worth travelling for. Um yeah, there was a social aspect. I finally I eventually got into um a group as of being able to socialise, but it still wasn't um you know, quality. It, it wasn't quality enough for the journey so I yeah. just quit and I had enough um, which wasn't a good idea at first um, because I quit that and I, I still needed education because the, the bill had just been passed where you have to be in education until you're 18 education yeah. training um, so I had to try and find something to do so I, I was just enrolling myself onto online courses all the time um, so I was just doing that, but then the, the aspect of socialising wasn't there. So again, the depression anxiety came back. Um, so I think this is a, a bit of a lesson that it, depression anxiety and, and mental health difficulties will never go fully. They will always flood back every now and then. It's, it's a rocky road where it will come back when it, um, when it wants to yeah. or when something bad happens. But you can, you can always overcome it and you can always adapt. Um, so yeah come out of college quit that do online learning have access to no socializing nothing whatsoever because i'm so far out there's you know mm. I have all my friends in in the um town centers that would take me two hours to get to so i had none yeah. of that the only socializing i had was on the phone but with my asd i wasn't a sociable person like i couldn't really do that um so yeah that happens um, come out of college, and then I think, yeah, I'm 17 at that time, and then it gets to halfway through 17, 
and we're now back up to speed. Um, halfway to halfway through me being seventeen, and I go, "All right, I finally accomplished all of this. I've come out. I've, I've had a really bad time, but I'm happy. Um, I finally got to a place where I was happy." Um, and I go, everything that I needed to access and everything, all of the information and services that I had to find, read, locate, and access were hard. Were hard. They were hard to find and they were hard to access. Yeah. They were kind of dotted around everywhere. Mm. So I sat down and I said, something needs, to, something needs to be done to improve this or at least counteract how hard it is. So I sat down with friends and I sat down. I, I've been involved with a few... Um, business groups like a youth council um, and a local youth political group. Um, so I had a, I had quite a few business contacts already. Mm. Um, so I kind of sat down. I spoke to them. It was over the phone. So I, I sat down, um, texted them. I made a group. We all had this large conversation, and we come to the come to the agreement that we should start something ourselves, um, despite having no certifications or qualifications in starting a business or running a business whatsoever so instead it was just agreed that we'll start a little group that would kind of provide support for for young people um, and kind of create some campaigns to improve the services and information that are provided to early years children and adolescents Um, but what I didn't know is that it would be more than a few months and it would be more than just a group um, yeah. because it, it developed um, and it got better, it got bigger um, and it got let's just say less of a group and more of an organisation okay. um, so I, I turned 18 um, and we're we're providing this information we're, we're kind of telling people about all this information that's available and telling them where to go for services, kind of like a signposting group. Yeah. Um, but then we develop into something further. We start doing a bit, you know, a bit more campaigning. We start meeting up as groups in, in local cafes and, and mm. restaurants um, and designing things. And we go, where do we want to go with this? Yeah. Um, and by this time, we was only a small group. It was around six or seven members, yeah. you know, members of friends that are just trying to help. Um, but we felt like we were going to be going for a, a long while and that we should be doing something more. So I got to age 18 and they go, I can register us now. Yeah. So we had this long conversation about the benefits and the cons of registering. Um, and I just kind of, I kind of put out there the fact that we could register as a CIC. And they were like, what's a CIC? And I said, it's a community community interest company. And instantly everyone said, well, that sounds like what we do. We're we're a company that does things for the the benefit of, you know, community interest. So that's why I've done it. Back in, you know, we get to April 2020 and I register us as a a CIC. Yeah. At the time, it was perfect for us. Um, Still is, to be honest. Um, But we start to grow after I registered, we start to grow into a company. Yeah. Um, we, we stopped providing that as well. We didn't really stop providing design posting, but instead we started providing our own services at, at more, mm. uh, at more of an in-depth um, design. Um, yeah. You know, we, we get our own website up and running. We do our own social media. Um, 
And then we just start going, you know what, we need to do a bit more. So we yeah. design a couple of services. We get people onto online courses to get them qualified in things or accredited and, and certified. Um, and then we have a ton more people come in and join our team. Um, so th- at this point, we go, we need a name. So in April, we go, we need a name. Uh, in fact, we already had one, um, but it, it wasn't, you know, what, what was for us. Yeah. Um, so we kind of go, we need a name, we need a name, we need a name, we need a brand. Uh, we need people to go, yeah, that's them. Um, so we go, raising youth. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't quite as simple as that. People chucked a ton of names into a hat. Mm. Um, we, we picked two names out. Um, they didn't really make sense, but once we put them together, we kind of formed raising youth. Um, it's just kind of the way to um, explanation behind it is raising youth to become better versions of themselves. Um, so yeah, that, that happens. And then mm-hmm. I'm quite good at graphics, or at least I like to think so. Um, so I draw up a few designs of, of our branding. Yeah. Um, so we come up with this little little circle. Um, every social media, their profile picture is, is a circle design. Um, so I come up with a circle that's blue uh, with a young person inside it that's wearing a red jumper. Just It was yeah. just my favorite color at the time, red. Um, and then next to him, if you look really carefully, there's three little lines coming from his mouth just to mm. say that he's speaking, he's getting his voice out there. Um, his or her, shall I say? Um, so that's that's the logo. And now people can say our name, and people will know who they're talking about. Um, so then we start providing a ton of services. We, we've, you know, yeah. doing things, but we're all still working from home. Um, but with all the services that we were designing inside to publicise, they weren't something that we could run from home anymore. Um, right. Bear in mind, everything was funded from my own pocket. So the cost of the website, um, the cost of going out and doing the meets, you know, everything was was all out of my own funding. Yeah. Um, and that was doing, you know, I was running this whilst doing a 40-hour job um, at a local holiday park. Um, so it was it was quite hard to manage, but I managed to do it anyway. Um, so I reached out to, to a LinkedIn contact. Um his name is Dragon, like, so his his brand and his company is Dragon Co-working, and he also runs Dragon Community Hub, which is where we are. Yeah. Um, his name is Rosen Stanley. It's fantastic. He's such a, a great landlord. Um, and I kind of reach out to him, and he goes, um, yeah, I've got two, two small office spaces within Dragon Community Hub, which is a shared office building. Mm. Um, so I go and check them out. Bear in mind, this is during the COVID pandemic, just right at the start in April. Yeah. So this is now in June, actually, in 2020. So I'm going there with, obviously, social distancing, wearing our PPE. Um, so I go in and I check, check the building out and I check the offices out. Now they're, they're the size of a cleaning cupboard. Um, right. Well, a, a standard cleaning cupboard. So maybe mm. about two metres by two metres. Um, so it was kind of, there were two of them that were £100 a month. Um, and... God, they were probably big enough for, with a desk and a chair and a few filing cabinets, enough yeah. space for one person each to work in. Right. It was enough at the time because of COVID. Mm. You know, not many people were coming in it anyway. Pardon me. So we move into them. 
that's another 200 quid a month out of my pocket <laughs> not the best but it was it was an investment that needed to be made simply one for us to well for me to get my home address off of the company filing because yeah. <laughs> that's where the company was registered at um, mm. but also just to get us a, a base of operations yeah um, so I, I finally get that done uh, we move into these two two tiny offices now the I have to pay for for transport. So weirdly enough, I had all of the equipment that I needed um, at home, which was a lot because I'd also, before moving in, um, I bought a ton of computers, monitors, keyboards, mouses, Mm. um, and a bunch of stuff that we'd need for the office. Um, And I had that all home. And the only way that I had to transport it at the time was via taxi or Uber. So... I kind of ordered an Uber um, and this fantastic guy, um, oh, I believe his name was William, turns up in his car and he goes, all of that comes with you. And I said, yeah, is that all right? Now, bear in mind, Ubers don't normally like you taking a lot of luggage. Yeah, I've got <laughs> pounds and pounds worth of computers, monitors, that's just going to take up the whole boot. Mm. And I also, and then not only did I want to go from my house to the office, I also had uh, organised to go and collect more equipment um, from another person's house. So I set up a second, uh, a second destination before the first to go and oh, collect wow. some other equipment. So I go, and we've got, a, <laughs> I, go, I say to the driver, I say, and we've got a bit more that we're picking up on the way, as you might have seen on the second stop. He goes, all oh, right, okay. And we get there and he goes, yeah, this is quite a lot. And there's this, um, God, there's this long uh, stand that you put leaflets in and it's metal, it's heavy and it's long and it doesn't fit in the boot. And he goes, I don't worry. And he puts a seat down and he puts it in. Um, So so he puts, he goes above and beyond, basically, of a taxi taxi Mm. driver. (laughs) And he loads it in. And uh, if if he ever manages to listen to it, listen to this I'll, I'll try and find him and put it on because i've actually ended up having him twice as my driver um ironically the second time was when we moved into our new space which is really really ironic um and, and, co- and a coincidence um so he kind of loads this up and he goes is that it and i go no there's a, there's a bit more so we go and put this in and we we've got his boot loaded we've got the back seats down to fit to fit this long pole and leaflet stand in. Yeah. And he goes, anything else? <laughs> I go, no. <laughs> I go, no. Luckily not. And he, we have a little chuckle to ourselves and then we drive to the office and he goes, um, do you want any help? And and I was just like, you know what, this this taxi driver has been amazing. But uh, I luckily I didn't need any help. I had um, my partner actually waiting at the office to give us a hand. Mm. Uh, um, so she'd just she'd uh, just travelled all the way from Faversham to Chatham to give me a hand with unloading oh, wow. the taxi driver's car to get everything into the mm. office <laughs> uh, so a massive massive thank you to her <laughs> so I kind of go no it's okay but for, for the taxi driver to not only um, open his car up to pretty much be filled with to become like to look like a boot fare car yeah yeah um, <laughs> but then he also offers my, his help in unloading and getting everything into the office um so yeah i kind of gave him a nice, 
I gave I gave him a nice twenty pound tip after that. I thought oh, so yeah. Yeah. very um, good of you. Yeah, it, it's only fair, you know, um, because I think it's God a second. So there's different um, different levels of Uber that you can pay for. Yeah. Um, now I believe it's the second option is for basically using the boot uh, for a large amount of stuff. Yeah. So I thought it was only fair if he if he not only yet let me use his boot and fill it up, um, mm. but also put his seats down to fill that up as well. Um, but it was only fair for me to give him a tip. Um, so I don't know. It was you know what um, it was a much needed thing, especially with him then offering to to help me further as well. Um, so we yes. unload the taxi, we get it all out. Uh, my partner helps me get it all into these two tiny offices on the second floor. Luckily, there's an elevator. Um, so we get it all in there. We move in. Happy days. We've finally got a base of operations. I come home, go onto the company web filing. Um, I just changed our address to get my home address off there mm-hmm. as quick as I could. Um, so that's that's happy days. That's oh, brilliant. That is such, you know, you are, that is such an inspiring story, and I know that you know, this is only the beginning of what you're yeah. what you're planning to do, really, isn't it? So, yeah, oh, yeah definitely. Yeah, you're going to have to. Um, that is just such an inspiring story, Ash. I mean, you know that I I just I was I was nowhere near where you are when I was 19. Um, you know, I had a what might be described as a difficult childhood myself. Yeah. I was no, you know, I didn't even know who I was when I was 19. Yeah. So the fact that you've actually you're achieving what you're achieving at the age that you are is um, absolutely fantastic. And you know, I'm I'm actually looking forward to watching you and see where you know, see how you see what you do with this whole whole raising youth thing over the next few years. Well, fingers crossed. It. I mean, we've um, we've just developed a ton of things. So I mean, we we've, we've just come out with our talking therapies mm. um so i've now done my my courses and i'm now a well-being counseling specialist um counseling which is another thing uh, that we do so we do counseling cbt and art therapy alongside so it's probably best to to just give an overall of what we provide so we provide support for those in poverty um this is for young people specifically in poverty um homeless um, not in education, so neat, not in educational training. Yeah. Um, we provide employment support and mental health support. So that's kind of a broad overview of what we do. Mm. Um, we're also in the process of hopefully registering with Ofsted. Uh, we've got our applications in um, to provide like a daycare setting during, I think it's up to four days a week, uh, a couple of hours a day, um, as well as some baby, uh, baby parent and toddler groups. Um, mm. So that's something that we're going to provide for early years. So yeah, overall we're we're a um, uh, a support service for um, early years children and adolescents. Mm. Which, if you think about it from the very start of just being a signposting group, um, yeah, is a massive massive growth. We're up to fifteen members of staff, and there's even more just about to join us. Um, and that ranges from uh, myself as chief executive. Um, to Chief of Transportation, Chief of Frontline Services and Transportation, Deputy Chief Executive, um, Chief of Market, well, Chief of Media and Community Engagement. Um, and then all you've got is a sub team. So you've got our mm. HR team, social media team, media team, graphic team. Um, then you've got our youth project workers, which help yeah. deliver all the services. 
our employability coaches, which run our employability services. It's massive. Yeah, brilliant. I mean, it sounds, it sounds like you know, it sounds like something. That should, it should really be national. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, probably. I think you probably have national I mean, well, ambitions, don't you? We do. Um, yes, our our yeah. main thing at the moment is getting ourselves set up in England. But our, believe it or not, we've had a few inquiries and we do get seen and asked quite a lot if we'll be able to, to move into other countries and, and get really? ourselves set up. Wow. Now that, uh, you know, we've been up and running now for very nearly two years and considering we've only just been, you know, started getting our services out there, mm. Um, to be asked whether we can operate or, or if we can go over. So we've been asked if we can operate in other in other countries by some public um, in Sweden, in wow. America, wow. Um, Canada, and we've even had ones from Spain as well. Um, oh my goodness! So to be asked to go to go and operate if we were able to operate there, obviously mm. we have to say no and decline. So what? But it is it is definitely something that we'll look into once we've got everything established here. Yeah, yeah. Because once yeah. everything's established here, we can just do a copy and paste, basically. Yeah, um, yeah. So copy mm. everything over and move it over. Obviously, with uh, abiding by all the different country laws and everything. Yeah, brilliant. So if people want to contact you, uh, Ash, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Um, so do you, do you mean me or the company? Well, you you you're all the company. I mean, yeah, if people, yeah, I mean, people might be listening to this. They might think, oh, we want to donate to that, or we want to get involved in some way. Sure. Um, what's, um, the best, what's the best way to contact you? Well, the, the best way is to go onto our website because it's got all of our contact information as as forms. Um, so the the website is www.raisingyouth.co.uk. Um, and there you can find information about us, which has a, a very in-depth um, page, um, how to support, how to sponsor and how to partner. Um, okay. All of the contact us information, which includes our marketing um, emails, our business emails, human resources emails and so on. So there's a ton of different options, whether it's just a general inquiry form. Um, we also have a volunteering page, which is our current vacancies. Um, ton of fantastic positions on there to join our team um and if there's one that someone you know if there's a position on there or if someone wants to come and volunteer with us but they're not sure what position is best for them then call us we've already had a few people do that that's brilliant brilliant we design a role around them um to help us out yeah and also also Um, if if people want to contact you, I guess I can find you on linkedin like i did yeah so i'm on (laughs) linkedin twitter instagram um pretty much every single social media and on everything my twitter well my handle for everything is at ashryse mm. so raising you southeast um, well, i should go i should go and follow you on twitter myself as soon as we've done this interview but <laughs> well, for, for, for the moment for the moment thank you so much for being on the heart shaped decisions podcast you know it's, yeah, been, no it's been it's been inspiring just listening to you and um yeah, I think we'll have to we'll have to do another interview maybe in a year's time and see where you are in a year's Definitely. time. It would be fantastic to probably in the interview to bring this one up and do it and do like little sections where we where we listen to this one. That would be yeah. Stop and we go over it and we kind of go, damn, that's what we used to do. <laughs> yes, that would be a brilliant idea. But we'll have to do that next year. Ash, Definitely. for the moment, thank you very much for being on the podcast and thank you so much for. Uh, for your time.